Staying Alive in Paragliding, a podcast series with your host, Steph Juncker from Cape Town, South Africa, the owner of Parapax Tandem Paragliding and a competition pilot of 23 years. Real podcasts for real pilots to learn from, to laugh at, and to enjoy the funny and crazy stories that go with it. They are one hour south of Paris. They are fun, they're exciting, full of life, and they are wonderfully talented in the world of flying. I have Marie and Alex, 27 years old and 28 years old. He found himself a cougar. They are married for four years today, and they are extremely happy. They look so in love. And for me to wind back 20 years of my life and to see such enthusiastic, fit and beautiful young people um, to join the podcast today, world champions in the world of paramotoring and, of course, of free flying. Welcome on the podcast, guys. Hi. Hello. (laughs) How are you guys doing today? We are fine here. It's really a beautiful weather condition, but really, really windy. So we can't fly for the moment. Thank you very much for accepting and doing this great exercise with me. It's about sharing. It's about putting it out there in the world. And I have to tell you that I contacted you guys from a very beautiful little video that you put out on the Internet, a video where you, Marie, were in the front on the paramotor and you, Alex, were on the back being towed up by Marie, which looks like a super beautiful, great little film, which (laughs) took you guys no less than four hours to film. And a few minutes ago, you were telling me that it's not as easy as it looks. It looked like really simple from the video. Tell us about the challenges, please. Yes. Just for this video, uh, we was going to into a really strange place. Beautiful place, but a technical place because there was tree, uh, trees everywhere, <laughs> little trees. We started to do that really early in the morning to the place for put the wing. And after uh, we can start to do that, uh, many, many uh, uh, tests, repetition. But you have to know for this video that it was just not only trees, but uh, some water just after the takeoff uh, place. So one time, uh, the last time of this morning, I started to take off and Alex ran uh, with the paraglide. But after he took off, he go very, very high because the wind w- was stronger, higher, and so <laughs> so I was uh, not in a comfortable position. <laughs> and he needs to um, release to release the rope. No, not the rope. The cable. The cable. So I go directly to the water, and was not really happy about that. But uh, he gone uh, down too and into a tree. So. <laughs> Leaning forward is what you had to do. You told me a few minutes ago that once you got into the air and Alex's glider was higher than your glider, it was a hell of a challenge to explain that. Okay, so we have the final result in the video, but uh, for this small video, this is uh, hours and hours of repetition to try to have something beautiful and different from the other people mm. was uh, it was funny but at the end of the day we were really happy to sleep <laughs> and 
it's not as easy as it looks like. Mm. Yes, because we we have to have a good communication between both pilots and also more safety than you 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 need but you you have a cable with safety on the paramotor, safety on the paraglider. If you have a lot of tension, the cable work. It's mm. for safety. We did this video for say only okay, we did it, but this is not for sale of this this kind of system. Mm. This is only for personal uh, achievement. Yes, utilization. Yes. This for me when I want to fly in paraglider, it's now I don't want to take my car, uh, drive a lot of hours for find a good spot, the good condition. And mountain. And mountain mm. also. <laughs> With this system for Marie and me, it's uh, okay in in 30, 45 minutes. I can take off. Yes, but it's really difficult for the pilot, for the pilot of sorry of the paramotor, but also for the paragliding pilot. So we are in communication. We work a lot to find the good size of uh, wing for the paramotor and the paraglide, and for the takeoff, especially for the paramotor, because I have the cable, I really need to take care to not put it in, into the propeller. It's hard, but uh, we love it. <laughs> I looked at that and I thought, wow, that's so cool. We could go to a beach and we could take two tandems and easily all four people can be in the air, one being pulled up by the other. You told me a few minutes ago, Alex, that you got the idea from an ULM, from a microlight. You saw right. that happening before. So, of course, it was a great dream and you guys have made a great uh, film about it. You told me all uh, the challenges that you had. And if you didn't have communication, you probably also would have had extra problems and uh, challenges. Mm -hmm. Of course, you two are knowing each other a long time. You work together every day. You have a paramotor school together, uh, Orléans uh, Paramotor. Tell us about your school. Tell us about your training. What do you guys do? We have different kind of training. We have student, beginner training. The session is for students. Maximum. For maximum. Yes. And uh, sometimes also you can do uh, advanced course. And now you can have uh, more people. It's around five or six maximum for two teachers. Instructors. Yes. Uh, advanced course. Yes. For the school, we use uh, three parameters. And one of uh, them is an electric paramotor. For us, it's really interesting because uh, it's less noises, but as easy to use as a normal paramotor. So we use that in school and uh, we promote uh, that kind of uh, flights. Um, it's really nice. Yes, yeah, the, the electrical engine is... For the student, uh, the beginner, he, he don't know to use a chamal or something like this for the moment. But after, when you start to be a pilot, you can uh, take off with a small battery and use a chamal and stay all the day in, in the air. Like a paraglide. Yes, exactly. So it's really easy to switch on or off. For example, in paramotor, we did in competition flights around six hours. It happened. So you can do the same flights as in paraglide, if you want. Us pilots are always looking for some new adventure. We're looking for some special action. We're looking for somehow we can get into the sky. That's all we are dreaming of doing is just going flying. And the easier way, the better. Alex, you said it yourself when you said 
when you want to fly with a paraglider, you want to fly now. You don't want to drive <laughs> for four or five hours to the mountains. You want to go just 45 minutes. And so came the idea of your towing, your lagage that you have done there, which is absolutely fabulous. Going to uh, the training again, you've explained to me that you take a maximum of four people. Um, you told me you, they do about 17 classes and they get a motor uh, a license, a paramotor license. Then the advanced stuff, of course, is a little bit more customized. You, of course, teach people who paraglide how to fly the paramotor. And we, and we all agreed a few minutes ago that flying a paramotor is nice and really easy. I used to have a PAP a motor, PAP, 125cc, and it was fantastic. I could just fit it on the back of my Vito bus. I have a Mercedes Vito. And just fit it in. I didn't have to take the cage off. And in just four minutes of switching off the car, I would be in the air. And after uh, three minutes of landing, I would be able to drive away. So in just 30 minutes, we can get a paramotor flight in. And it's a 20-minute flight, which is perfect, over a beach or a beautiful place. Is that why you guys started to paramotor? How did you start this? Yes, it's exactly what you say. Here, where we live, uh, we don't have any mountain. I start to fly in paraglider. I'm four years old in tandem and 12 years old uh, in alone. But this, it was always in uh, only during holidays. It's difficult to do uh, one week of paraglider. It's, we say, oh, we can have uh, something different. And my father discovered this sport, the paramotor sport. And we say, oh, why not? It's... Uh, simple to use it's uh, just uh, near to our house we we can try it and at 15 uh, years old i start to fly in paramotor this is my father teach me and then uh, i see it's uh, easier to fly paramotor because um, after your work you can go to their field you fly and you you pack and you you are at home for it with your family you don't need to expense a long time to for fly yes and uh, for me i started to fly uh, as a pilot in hot air balloon at uh, 17. <laughs> and i was in flight in a hot air balloon when i see my first paramotor uh, so i was uh, thinking it's crazy i like it so i met uh, i met the pilot of uh, the paramotor and uh, he gave me uh, the contact of alex so after i start to be in love and uh, to fly in paramotor <laughs> i was 20. ah fantastic and you guys are so in love it's so nice to see <laughs> i see so many of your pictures on your social media and on your website it's sensational to see two young people who are looking at each other and there's even close to a kiss even in a flight that kind of thing it's so nice your proximity flying is even an indication of, of, your, of your very closeness that you two have together. Neither of you have done too badly in paragliding and paramotoring. Alex has been world champion in the classic discipline of para, uh, paramotoring 2014, 2016 and 2018. And Alex has been world champion in slalom paramotoring in 2018. If I look at your videos uh, on your social media, it looks sensational. You're flying around courses. I didn't know much about competition in paramotoring. So I'd like to ask that as the next question. A few minutes ago, you explained that there are three disciplines. There's navigation, there's maneuverability, and there's economy. You told me that a classic competition happens around one week. And in that week, you guys aim to have between six and 12 tasks, up to three tasks a day. 
uh, navigation usually in the morning and the other two happen a little bit later in the day. Speeds of 75, 80 kilometers an hour, flights of an hour and a half doing that with no GPSs, with some maps. Tell me the funny story about the maps in Brazil and in Thailand, please. <laughs> in France, we were lucky because the map is uh, nice and the road, the for forest, trees is on the map and it's don't move uh, one year after one year. So in Brazil or in Thailand, the organization give uh, maps, but in the air you can see a uh, place. Differences. Yes. The tree, it's no tree. Uh, they cut now. You can find a lake or it's uh, <laughs> when after after the first uh, training task, all the French team pilots land and we say me. But you, what did? What did you find? Yeah, because uh, I'm lo totally lost in the air and was uh, sometimes, but it's same for all pilots. Uh, mm. So you have to to do uh, your best, mm -hmm. read your map. And you've been flying in all different countries. You you mentioned Brazil and Thailand, England, Poland, Spain, Hungary, Dubai, South Korea, Egypt, Czech. Where do you guys love to travel? Where do you find it? I mean, Marie, you were mentioning Oman, one of the Uh, photos that I spotted was in the desert. Tell us about different places where you love to travel. Uh, yes, uh, we gone to Oman uh, for fun uh, flight, uh, flights and it was really, really nice because you have the mountain, you have the sea, you have the desert and we really fly in all these uh, kind of, uh, of spots. It was amazing and with other friends. So... It was a crazy moment. Now I'm in love uh, with uh, New Zealand. I really would like to discover this country. Yeah, great. You will have lots of weather challenges in New Zealand. Apparently, the weather is always changing there. I am a big traveler. I have been in 100 countries. I'm traveling all over the place, but I have never been in New Zealand. I only know from reputation from many people that they have a lot of weather challenges in New Zealand. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tell us more about the navigation competition. Let's start about the first discipline in the classic competition. You are flying at 75 to 80 kilometers an hour. Earlier you described it. Can you give it a bit more in detail, please? Uh, during this, uh, our equipment, you, we use a small wing. It's a 60 uh, meters square, the wing. And this is a Viper for, uh, from Ozone. For flies fast, it's very nice because you are heavier. Uh, under the wing, you can arrive to fly at 70-75. Sometimes with smaller wing, you can go again faster. But in a classic competition, you have to do the more. You have to do, to find the better compromise because if you fly fast, you use a lot of fuel, and for economy task, it's not good. Yes, but uh, with our equipment, so the Viper 4 and also the uh, Polini Tor 200 with the Macfly uh, as a parameter, we can do two liters per hour in economy task. So it's really, really few. But for really a speed task, navigation speed task, we use really more, but it's not... Uh, We need to find a good compromise. The, the navigation, you, you have turned the maximum turn points. All pilots have the same turn points, but you have uh, one hour. This is the maximum. You can fly uh, 59 or 57 minutes, but you cannot fly more than one hour. Mm. So you you have to choose the good uh, circuits. Circuits, yes. Yeah. You are 
to, to turn your turn point mm -hmm. uh, the faster possible. Depends the wind, depends the condition also. And uh, we have another navigation task, uh, which I really love, where you need, before to the takeoff, you need to give the time as you, you will fly in uh, the two or three different waypoints. So, okay, I will be there at 20 minutes and uh, 12 seconds, and you need to respect it and to be uh, at the same time or around five seconds. So it's really, really nice. <laughs> During this kind of task, more your range of speed is good, more it's better. If more you, it's easy, yeah. and it's easy with the, the Viper because the range is really enormous. Uh, you guys love ozone, of course. It has a really nice. Uh, it's a it's a product that's close to your heart. One question about about the timing. So you said something like 24 minutes and 12 seconds. Do you have a clock with you? Can you see a watch? You start your chrono. You start the clock. But you have no GPS. The GPS is totally forbidden in a classic competition. So it's only when you think uh, to it's okay, you are really uh, on the waypoint to start the time. Okay, you start and you need to be sure that it's uh, really the good time uh, for start it. And after, yes. Yes, because uh, when you fly at five meters, okay, you know you are on the waypoint, you are on the center. Yes. But The uh, more higher you are, you are more it's difficult to be sure. Yes. To be sure you are in the center. Mm. And you can uh, have uh, your watch or something like this, but you cannot use your phone or your watch, connected watch. You, you cannot use uh, something like this. Mm. You don't know your, your speed in the air. This is only uh, your feeling. feeling and your trimmer position. So you always adjust your speed when you know. Because you prepared the, the map and uh, with a lot of different uh, points. I mean, each uh, one or two minutes you have, you put a repair in the map. Okay, I'm, the good, uh, I'm at the good time uh, in this point. So it will be fine for the next waypoint. It sounds so exciting. It sounds uh, like a full action every moment, every every. You, 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 you are not sitting like in a cross-country competition where, oh, okay, I've got a, a, a thermal now. I'm going up with other guys. You can kind of chill out, bite something. I think you don't have time to make eating or drinking or pee-pee when you are doing this. I think it's <laughs> and really a lot to think about. Yes, totally. You, you don't have any time for this kind of, of task, but after when we fly in economy task mm. during six, hour, six hours, yes, you, you can eat. Uh, in, we have um, really more time. Yeah. Yes. You turn in the thermal, you can release your break, and so you you just know to, to stay in the bigger airfield, so uh, mm. big cylinder uh, uh, near to the airfield, mm. and uh, you turn in the thermal, it's When you see the other pilots, you find the big chart tamal, you follow uh, the grab and you don't need to expend a lot of energy because you know you have a lot of hours in the air to ex mm. expense and you have to economize. For these, uh, so, uh, these economy tasks, the more fun is uh, at the end of the task, you go just near your partner or your concurrent uh, to see how much fuel he has and to know if he's better and uh, or not uh, from you. <laughs> if he land uh, before He or will after. land or not. <laughs> that, that is funny because uh, when we, we know with Marie during the, the task, okay, uh, each pilot go where he want, 
But at the end, we always come back near to the airfield because we don't have enough fuel for go very far. And at this moment, we can check uh, the fuel, uh, my refuel or my uh, other partner fuel and know, okay, if I did a, a good task or not. <laughs> yes, but for classic competition, when you are in a couple, but we are concurrence okay. uh, it's really difficult but because when one of us earned a task the other one is sad because he doesn't earn that so this is difficult to do <laughs> so sometimes even you two are sleeping in separate beds <laughs> <laughs> we would like to sometimes it can arrive <laughs> Uh, that's absolutely wonderful, guys. I really love it. Um, to see your enthusiasm, to see your energy, to see how into it you are, it's just delightful for me. Thank you. Thanks. It's not all the time for us. <laughs> Maybe it's only a big show for everybody else. And actually, uh, as soon as the video is finished, you guys are shouting at each other. <laughs> You work with two fantastic paramotor companies. The one is called MacFly, and that's the 250cc motor that you use. You use that more for power. You use that more for the navigation tasks and for the maneuverability and the slalom. And you use that when uh, fuel efficiency is not so important. And then you fly a Polini motor of 200cc for when you have to be really light on the fuel. Tell us about those two companies. You explained to me that McFly is a small family business that's in Toulouse. Historically, started around five, six years ago. This is my father want to build uh, a frame, but a frame what we want to fly, uh, what we like. Uh. So he start to find a company and other for find a good engine and uh, also for build uh, the harness if we work with Super. Now we, the company start to going up and this is uh, with Marie, help a lot of also for communication and uh, we fly together on the new prototype uh, frame, feedback uh, for the future product. This is like uh, we do what we love for us, for go uh, at work, it's uh, like a dream. Yes, and uh, it's titanium frame. Uh, and uh, now we use also uh, carbon with uh, that McFly uh, frame. Also, the years pass really fast because it's not five years, but next year it will be 10 years <laughs> for McFly. So <laughs> it's going really fast. <laughs> well, Alex, with a wife as beautiful as yours, I'm sure the time goes very quickly, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, exactly. <laughs> you, you, you understand me. Thanks. Listen, she started flirting with me before I made this compliment, eh? <laughs> Guys, tell us more about the electric paramotor. You explained to me that they cost between seven and 12,000 euros around about, uh, if I understood it correctly, it's a company called Exomo. Um, there's two kinds of batteries, one that flies around 30 minutes, one that flies for around one hour. Of course, us as paraglider pilots are excited to just have some way to get up into the sky. Tell us more about that company and their and their motors. These uh, electric motors are, are really easy to use. Uh, you can stock it in uh, your in your house. You doesn't need to put it uh, in a garage, and it's really easy just to use because the power is the same as a. You turn on. Uh, you turn. You just switch on the button. That's enough. You. You can go fly. It doesn't need fuel. It's really easy. 
you guys are very fit. You are both very um, uh, looking after your health. I see some kind of uh, exercises that you've been doing in some of your photos. What is your lifestyle like? Of course, you believe in eating healthily. What kind of sports do you guys do? What kind of training do you do? Eating uh, all we want, <laughs> all the time, but uh, making sport often for me. Alex? Uh, a little bit less. I'm run a lot. For me, the summer, I run also a lot, but uh, to try to fly and to mm. do uh, some mechanic stuff or fly a new prototype. And the winter, don't uh, do a lot of sports. So the winter, I take one, sometimes two kilograms. <laughs> but that is uh, good for... Yeah, to, to go more speed. <laughs> yes, uh, or go faster. But uh, with the confinement, uh, now we start to make a lot of uh, sport uh, together in front of the TV. Uh, so now we are in a good form. <laughs> yes, ready for the summer. Uh, re ready for not doing any competition because all are cancelled. <laughs> this year is a disaster for any kind of event of any sort. Uh, one friend of mine who is into music production has told me that the seven biggest nightclubs in the world are all bankrupt and closed. They have no more existence. No. So people who like to party uh, must understand that there's going to even be Lots of new changes in our world from now on. Lots of people have to reinvent themselves. When do you guys operate? Do you operate all year round? We are making school uh, 10, 10 months and a half on the, a year. So we just closed between 1st January to 5th, 15th February. And uh, making uh, tandem uh, flights between uh, the middle of April to the middle of October. Because in French, uh, the winter is cold. <laughs> we are not in uh, South Africa. <laughs> but uh, the rest of the year, we are making all the competition weekend. All our holidays are in Paraglide, I think. <laughs> you guys seem to eat and dream and everything paramotor, paragliding. It's your lives. It's so nice to see. And I'm uh, really proud to, uh, to have you two as ambassadors for our sport. I think it's fantastic. Tell us about your tandem flights. So you do tandem flights. What's your maximum weight of the passenger that you take? And what kind of tandem flight do you do? Is it just a 10-minute, 15-minute flight? Uh, what kind of offerings do you have? We limit the passenger uh, weight at 100 kilograms. That is the maximum. We have different flights. It's uh, 15, 25, or one hour of flight. On the passenger, if you want to, to see uh, some coastal, uh, river, or some other thing, we can go where we want. This is very easy. You, the, your passenger arrives, you take off, and you land at the same place, not like a paraglider. Spectators, public can uh, watch the paramotor take off and land. The passenger is always happy at the end. How many tandem flights do you think you do in a season? Uh, this is around 100 and 150 flights. I try to do four tandems in the morning and three or four in the evening. This is not uh, a lot, but we fly. We try to fly in a condition without thermal. Without thermal, and to we take the time at the landing with the people uh, to say, okay, do you enjoy the fly? We show some of the pictures. So we prefer to make not a lot of uh, tandem uh, a day. This year it will be different, different. because uh, between each passenger, we need to make the dis disinfection, um, cleaning each part. 
This year, we don't know exactly when we will can restart to fly in tandem. For the moment, it's again forbidden. Mm. We don't have enough time to, to do all passenger mm. at the end of we the year. We will see, but we have no competition, so we have more time to do at so, home. <laughs> exactly. And also take time for yourselves, my lovelies. Take time to do all the beautiful things that you want to do, to research new things, to start new things, to expand your business, and even just to go and travel. If you finish the season and you have absolutely no money left, who cares? Just have fun. <laughs> That's a good idea. It's a, it's a dream. Sure. Maybe we see you in November or December in South Africa or in the one and a half months that you have off. You're absolutely welcome in uh, Cape Town. It's a brilliant city. You can go and have a look. Some friends of mine have paramotor businesses here. here. I used to work with them. Uh, I used to fly a Parajet Rotron, a rotary engine, uh, the 300cc monster. Uh, terrible, terrible, <laughs> noisy thing, but that it was powerful. Tell me, do you use your 250cc MacFly motors for the tandems? Is that the motors you use? They depend. We use uh, this uh, Polini uh, 250 for slalom competition. We keep it for only for slalom. And we use uh, another engine for tandem fly. It's uh, the 503cc. This is a bigger engine, more power. But this is uh, only for tandem fly. We we cannot take off alone with this. Uh, it's too heavy. You, this is only in trike. Mm -hmm. Do you do your tandem flights in trike only? Yes, yes. It's easier because your passenger he don't need to run for takeoff or mm -hmm. something like this. This is for that we cannot fly with a lot of wind condition. Because uh, with the trike, uh, you it's not uh, you cannot take off in front of the, the wing. Not with a big trike. Yes. So basically, what you're saying is you have some difficulties with wind and the trike. In South Africa, we have a tandem business with 28 people in the business, and only 10 of them are pilots. So we have, of course, people who are there to happy to help, and many extra hands. Nearly yeah. every single tandem flight with us is one guy on each side of the passenger making sure that they get into the air. It's fantastic. <laughs> I would like to see a video. <laughs> we would like to have more extra helps, but here it's not the same. <laughs> of course, in Europe, it's extremely expensive to hire extra people, even just to for your business, for example, it would be great to have somebody on the landing field who is there to chat to the people, to take the money, to, mm. to help you guys to lay out the wing at the back. But of course, you're in a situation you pretty much have to do everything yourself. Guys, is there anything else you would like to talk about? Is there any kind of other themes or any message you would like to give to the world or to your friends and your clients? We, we can say also during the Salom competition, we fly with the Polini 250. The ozone rider in 40, the very small wing. And uh, during this kind of competition, you can fly around 85 to 90 kilometers per hour over the water. And you, you have to turn uh, over the pylons like a weapon, but a very smaller airfield area. And you, you have to do the faster possible the circus. And it's exciting. You, you are really, really fast just near the pylon, feel the speed uh, just near the water. You know, because of the water, you are in security. So if you go into the water, it's not a problem. But it's really, wow, 
it's really powerful. <laughs> you you fly less time than the classic competition, mm. but you are more adrenaline. Adrenaline, full of adrenaline. Yes. And you you can lose uh, your competition in only uh, a few oh, seconds. Yes, in a few half seconds. second. <laughs> Even me flying and uh, having a lot of adrenaline, I ride a motorcycle at really a crazy speed, and I'm like, I like speed a lot. But even looking at your videos of the slalom competition is making me feel like, wow, it's so mm. crazy, it's so great. How many people would come to such a competition? How many people would be in the competition? It's around uh, in a world championship, we are around uh, 30 to 40 people, I think. In foot takeoff. In, in foot, foot takeoff, yes. yes. In uh, in the main. Uh, class in the main class uh, yes. if we take all competitor pilots all pilots we are around 60 think, yes. yes 60 mm -hmm. pilots and at the at the last world slalom championship i uh, made a, i made a mistake so i closed my wing going go to the water it was the final round not the final one but uh, final morning of the competition So I go to the water and uh, because in the French team, uh, we have really a good team. They help me to put the engine on and uh, less than one hour after that, I restart again in the air with the same equipment. And so I, I can finish the championship. <laughs> I was lucky. Just a little bit wet, but uh, it's, yes. it's okay. Uh, so. I was wet. <laughs> Uh, absolutely fantastic to listen to you guys. Really so nice. It's like music for my ears. And as I just looked at a baboon that was walking past here, do you know the baboon? C'est les... Comment on dit en français? Babouin. Ah, no! Ah, yes. In the ah, garden. In the garden, yes. Yeah, they're in the garden. They come to swim in the swimming pool and drink some water, but now they are gone. They are coming past here. They are so curious. They are lovely. There's a whole family of baboons that lives here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Et ils pas les choses qui traînent? Didn't steal anything? Uh, ah, ils de mes chili, mais je pense qu'ils ont goûté un chili et ils ont dit non. <laughs> <laughs> baboons to come and eat from my chilies. My chili plant, he took one chili, I watched him, he put it in his mouth, he threw it down, and I think he said, this chili <laughs> is... <laughs> It's been really, really nice. I'm going to clean it up. We're going to edit it and we're going to make it really super for you. Thank you for calling uh, us and uh, we have a really nice time with you. Thank you. I say thanks a lot. It's been really an honor and a pleasure to have you two wonderful, enthusiastic young people on the show. So we will send it out to the world and uh, we thank you very much, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.